You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Every game at the World Cup is huge, but some World Cup games mean more than others. Today, to begin our World Cup 2022 series, we will chat with James Bench, Michael LaHood, about the tournament's most exciting games in the group stages, from a Black Friday fest between the U.S. and England to Redemption Town as Ghana and Uruguay face each other again. We'll talk about the ones to watch to kickstart the competition. Diego Lasso World Cup 2022 series begins right now. Hey, everybody, welcome to Kego Lasso, youtube.com forward slash Kego Lasso, Kego Lasso pod on Twitter. Of course, Michael LaHood is in the house. James Benj is in the house. Welcome, everybody. We're so excited to announce our brand new Kego Lasso World Cup series, where every week we will provide you with preview content for Qatar 2022. Our team and special guests will go everywhere, all the way until the tournament kicks off in November from deep analysis on every group to simulating the whole tournament and picking out the winners. This is your one stop for World Cup coverage. We're very excited. So sit back. This is our first episode. James Benj is in the house. Michael LaHood, relax and enjoy our Gigolasso Qatar 2022 series. James Benj, you look ready for you look beautiful. James Benj, are you ready for this or what? I am so ready for this. It is like uh, in England right now, it is Qatar in November slash December weather. It's pleasant. You know, the sun is shining a little bit. Um, <laughs> it is. This is glorious. We're right in the midst of a, a really exciting football season, but already, how can you not start getting excited about the World it. Cup in a few months' time? I love it, JB. I love it so much. Make sure to follow James Menges' content on Twitter, CBS Sports, of course, as we cover this tournament michael lahood you are excited i know you are my friend how are uh, you i'm buzzing you know thanks for saying that i'm buzzing because look at ben's shirt <laughs> ben's you got me buzzing mate now, I, I'm, I'm, I'm i found this shirt in in washington so oh, really a special in a, in a thrift shop in washington i'm very uh, proud as long as it wasn't dollar general no shot no disrespect <laughs> to them but i bought a bad shirt i have a higher you know I'm, like i'm not coming on a on a show with you wearing <laughs> dollar store clothes. No. <laughs> nah, but I'm buzzing. Ben's just here. When just uh, when Ben's just here, you know it's a big show. So I'm honored to be in your presence with the new shirt. I love it. I love it. James Bench, Michael LaHood, of course, we kick off our World Cup 2022 series. And as I mentioned, everybody, you're gonna get a lot of content from Kego Lasso and CBS Sports leading up to the tournament, of course. And today is all about Picking our games to watch in the group stages. Now, I know some of you may be disagreeing <laughs> and want to comment, and that's what we're here for, for discussion. But here are the groups, just to remind everybody. Just like we mentioned all the way, specifically after the draw was done, every group has excitement all over it. Every group has a possibility for pretty much almost every nation. A group of death, you say? I feel like all of them have a chance to really give us some fireworks. So we're going to begin with picking out our favorite matches, our group stage matches 
to watch. We'll take a little break. We'll continue with that conversation and we'll do some honorable mentions because it would be very unfair to just pick only a few, a handful of matches when clearly there are some other tasty ones that people want to talk about. Some final thoughts and that will do. All right, let's begin. <laughs> England against the USMNT. James Bench, I got to start with you. This is Friday. November 25th, Black Friday, by the way, the day after Thanksgiving. Every American is full, ready to knock out some people to buy us, you know, a 70% off television. They're ready to go. <laughs> and now they're going to be facing England, England on Black Friday. Unbelievable. By the way, the USMNT unbeaten in two previous World Cup meetings against England. I feel this is a brand new, let's press the reset button because England are ready America is ready. Talk to me about this game. Do you you would put it in one of the games to watch on the group stages, James Mains, right? Oh, absolutely. I love goals. And this is going to have a lot of goals. Um, I mean, I can already see how this is going to play out for the US public. You know, I know I, I mean, we tried to import, like we so often do in the UK, we try to import so many brilliant American traditions. Black Friday is one of them, but I know you do it better in America. I know you do. <laughs> so I know that the American public will be up at 6 a.m sharp getting down to what target and all those places buying yourself your new 4k tv 100 inches <laughs> ready to watch christian pulisic and the boys and by the time it's all set up by the time you've connected the cable box and you've connected x y and z you'll switch it on 10 minutes gone england two usa nil right on the path to a convincing <laughs> a, a hammering a drubbing for the usmnt this is this is revenge. This is revenge for the Boston Tea Party. This is revenge <laughs> for 2010 and Rob Green. It's going to be brilliant. And this whole group is riven with narrative. We don't know yet whether we'll have Scotland or Wales as well. But <laughs> it's just going to be so much fun. This is the, the perfect draw, I think, for, uh, for English fans that want to rub it into their US employers. Benj, you mentioned the Boston Tea Party. I'm going to do you one better. The War of 1812. <laughs> The War of 1812. This is going to be a reenactment of both wars, which, by the way, guess who won? Remember who won? At least in the American history books. That's what we all tell ourselves. We skip that bit. <laughs> no, but this is a mouthwatering matchup, and you couldn't have scripted it any better. And I know you said 4K TVs on Black Friday. I think after this match, they're going to come out with 5K because the U.S. men's national team are going to whoop the English national team, and I'm cashing wow. receipts. This is the show where I always cash receipts while I'm doubling up my receipts. USMNT are going to get a result. I think maybe not whoop England, but they're going to get a result against mighty, mighty England and jolly old England because if you shut down a Harry Kane, that's where most of the goals come from England. And if you if, if you let other players make the game that aren't used to making the game, a la a Jordan Henderson, which I'm, su I'm surprised that he will probably get the start over a one Jared Bowen who can't stop scoring. If players like that, the old guard keep playing for Gareth Southgate. If I see Marcus Rashford in the fold based on the oh, abysmal he season that he's had, then hey, I'll say, can you see by the Don's early grace? And I'll let you figure out the rest of that song. Well, I pick I'll USMNT. You, I, you know what? It's great that I'm here because I'm the perfect balance. <laughs> I live in the US. I've been here for almost 20 years. My wife's American, obviously. You know, we have American employers, I know, but I grew up in England. Uh, I accidentally was born in England. Uh, a very, very, very important part of my heart is in England. So I can tell both American fans and England fans, you're both annoying. 
both <laughs> all right so you're both going to annoy yourself in this fixture i will say this and let's talk about it tactically you mm. mentioned michael lahoud a few players there so james i'm going to throw it to you specifically if you're an english fan what from the usmnt perspective are you focusing on the most do you think what area on the pitch is england looking at when they face greg Berhalter's usmnt yeah we spoke about this a bit on uh, in soccer we trust with with heath and jimmy as well I think one of the challenges the US is going to have is that England are going to be so strong defensively on that right-hand side and they'll have players that can nullify Christian Pulisic. So almost I'm intrigued about what happens on the other flank. Now, whether it's sort of a Timothy Weyer or a Brendan Aronson, you know, I'm really on the play Aronson as the number nine, the facilitator, make Pulisic your shot taker. I'm really... Uh, so whoever you played though on that on that right flank for America with Serginho Dest presumably in behind... Can you get enough thrust, enough counterattacks along that flank with a Weyer, with an Aronson that can really discomfort, whether it's Shaw or Chilwell? I mean, you know, there are going to be precious few weak links in this England team. But potentially, if you're kind of looking away from the centre-backs, you don't want to be lobbing crosses into Stones and into Maguire. What you want to do is get pace in behind on that left-hand side where you probably will have a Maguire and a, a left-back or a left-wing-back. There... <laughs> There you've got a bit of a chance, but you know equally, I think the big thing for the Americans would just be try and stay in the game for as long as possible because Southgate is going to be able to unleash just this cavalcade of attacking options. You know, he is kind of happy with this draw, and he will be kind of thinking, can we get Kane among the goals? Foden, Saka, Sancho, whoever goes, you know, Jared Bowen. There's going to be so many ways in which England can win this game. I think for US, it's about staying tight trying to hit them on the counter and hoping that at 60 minutes you, you're either winning or you're still in the game and that the nerves start preying on England because they're coming into this tournament with a lot more pressure than they have, you know, than they did the last one four years ago. And I think you said it best, Spence, the nerves. The nerves is what's going to undo England. If it's nil-nil, the longer it goes nil-nil, as we saw in 2010, they expected to show up and really have the U.S. men's national team bulk and be intimidated by the badge. You see it time and time again in the FIFA World Cup. Every team that's there deserves to be there, unless you're France and you Thierry Henry handball. Sorry, Des. I told you I'd only bring it. Sorry. So let me stop right there before Des pressed He's the reset button. You no, no, no. But from a tactical standpoint, I look at the physicality between the two teams. England set pieces. They have been so strong in tight games and, and games where teams have frustrated them. They look to set pieces. You saw it in the World Cup. You saw it again in the Euros. Look for Garrett Southgate to implement some trick plays and come up with some ingenuity to free up the Harry Maguires, to free up the John Stones. Harry Maguire, for what he hasn't done for Manchester United, as a United fan, I lament, he's doing for England. Offset piece goals. John Stones has had an amazing season in Manchester City, and he comes alive offset pieces for the English national team. So I think that if there is one aspect of the game that could be the difference maker between these two teams, it's going to be set pieces. For the U.S. men's national team, what you lack in physicality and height, you have in fitness. This is a very fit USMNT. They went to Azteca in the altitude, and they ran a Mexican national team into the ground. They played against Mexico in the Nations League final, and they were the fitter team. They're a young team, and when you have young teams entering into a World Cup for the first time together as a group, yes, there can be nerves, but also they don't know what their ceiling is. This team hasn't played their best game yet. 
Their best game so far, I think, was the two games against Mexico, which they got good results. Dosa Zero, or three games, Dosa Zero, Nations League Final, and obviously the one in Azteca. So I think they're a team that plays to the level of their competition. So if you're England, you're going to be in for a game. They're not just going to roll over and and just three goals you know, later, the game's over. The pressure on England, the eagerness on the USMNT as they return to the World Cup. It should be a Black Friday fest. I can't wait. All right. We're going to do a lot of predictions on this series, everybody. We're going to move on to the next game. So we're going to do a very quick prediction straight away. James Bench, you're sticking with 2 nothing England, correct? No. What are you doing? 4-0. Four, four <laughs> oh, Michael Hood, talk to me. I'm doing 1-1. One, one. I'm doing one. Oh, one. you're doing a draw. Wow. Yeah, doing one, one bench just for that. You know, I, I got to respect the hustle. I, I already told you I respect the shirt. Now that you told me it wasn't from Dollar General, but I re respect the hustle, respect the shirt, respect the confidence. But I believe in my USMNT, my other passport, USMNT. It's what keeps me in the country. So I got to go one, one draw. <laughs> a one all draw. Well, you're not so much into them because you're just giving them a draw. All right. Okay. Well, listen. I'm going to, and this is, by the way, our reaction and our analysis and predictions will continue to change. I got to go with England. I'm sorry. It's going to be 3-1, and mm. maybe the USMNT will get one in the latter stages. But let's move on, everybody, and let's 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 keep it conca-caffy, okay? Mm. Against the, the golden generation that's now turning a little bit now uh, dark brownish, bronzy. <laughs> Canada <laughs> against Belgium. Wow, wow, we That's a groove. Group F matchup. That's on Wednesday, November 23rd, by the way, at Ahmed Bin Ali Stadium. This is Canada's first World Cup game in 36 years. As a Peruvian, I know too well how long it takes to wait for a World Cup. Martinez against Herdman, by the way. Incredible stuff. Roberto Martinez called uh, Canada a secret threat uh, for this World Cup. So I don't think he's wrong there. Canada won CONCACAF, of course, and Belgium won their group. They didn't lose a game, but we know this all too well. Before we go into Belgium, because I know we want to talk about this is could be their last chance with their golden generation. Michael LaHood, Canada, this World Cup mm. better get ready for the Canadians. They are the hottest team in CONCACAF and really my favorite team to watch in this region. They've been a revelation and there's a love story about this team, not just in Canada, but also here in the United States of America. That's right. I said it, USMNT fans. This team is playing with a ton of confidence and I, I wish the World Cup came two weeks after CONCACAF qualifications started or ended because this team would be carrying that momentum. Now there's a bit of a pause. And what I do fear for this team is that other teams around the world, especially at Belgium and a, a, a tactical, a tactically savvy coach like Roberto Martinez will have time to study and figure out plans to stop them. What I do like very much about this Canadian team, their flexibility. They have the ability to build around a star player, not Kyle Lahren, he led CONCACAF in goals, but a one Jonathan David. He's proved it in the Champions League that he can score against some of the best defenders in Europe. And their tactical flexibility is going to make this a very mouthwatering matchup, more so than I think a lot of pundits around the world are giving this credit for. Yeah, I. it's intriguing to try and work out how much will Roberto Martinez really know and how much can he take away? Because I watched this Canada team for the first time when they beat the US. Um, I think that was the one on home soil. Um, and it's very hard because I didn't see anything remarkable in the way they played. You know, you mentioned Jonathan David, who is a phenomenal striker. He will be playing at a bigger team than Lille by the time the World Cup rolls around. I, I know that almost for a fact. 
even if you never quite know anything in the transfer window, I can assure you that's a very likely possibility. Yeah, but they're not. It's what you said, Mike, and you're right to say it would be great for them if the World Cup just came straight away because it's a it's spirit, and you see that you see that on the pitch. And I think one of the things that intrigues me is how much we balance that against what Luis was saying about Belgium, the sense. And I thought you got it at Euro 2020 that they knew that the clock was ticking, that they will know going into this tournament, this is our last big swing of the dice. Some of the, you know, some of the great Belgian players we know, of, they're not even going to be there. Vermeilen, I think it's pretty debatable whether Eden Hazard will actually be trusted. And although there's this really talented younger generation, you know, the likes of Tielemans, Doku, they're not ready. And I think right now we're not at the stage where the best of Belgium are kind of ready to, to pass the mantle on. Kevin De Bruyne, as we've seen in the last few weeks, as we talk now, he's still going to be one of the best players in the world. But, you know, he, he won't be able to carry this team on his own. And, you know, actually, when you start looking around, how much is there world-class talent beyond De Bruyne? Courtois as well, of course. But if Lukaku hasn't turned his form around, this team starts looking ordinary, adequate. Like, of course, that's by the standard of a team that would aspire to win. And I do wonder if first time up, if Canada can keep this momentum, can keep this unity, if that can start preying in Belgian minds. Having said that, they are absolute masters of the group stage. And I think, you know, it's been a very long time since they they lost a, a group stage game. So I lean towards them quite strongly. But I, I, that's how Canada do this. They, they need to play this game in between, the, in between the mind rather than as much on the pitch. Yeah, I'm expecting some goals in this one. By the way, Jonathan David did, um, you know, make his uh, do at the Jupiler Pro League with Genk, 30 goals in 60 appearances. So he knows uh, what to do with uh, Belgian opposition. Alfonso Davies, of course, one of the best fullbacks in the world. My goodness, it's going to be such a cracking game. All right, very knee-jerk early predictions on this game. Michael LaHood, give me a quick scoreline. I am going to go do the unthinkable. I am CONCACAFed up. And that's not just the caffeine flowing through my veins this morning. I'm going to go the shocker heard around the world. Canada two, Belgium one. Wow. James Bench. I'll I'll stick with the scoreline, but maybe reverse it a little bit. I think <laughs> ah, Canada will I think Canada will give Belgium a real nightmare, some really horrible times, but I think Belgium will will just about scrape a two one win. I think this is going to be a fun, fun game with a little bit of un unpredictability. And I'm going with a 2 old draw. Mm. I think Belgium's going to think that they have it in the bag with 2-1. And out of nowhere, Canada will get that very precious equalizer. But it should be a fun game. And just like I said at the beginning, we're probably going to change our minds on our predictions. So, all right, let's move <laughs> on here. Oh, man, I'm so excited for this one, by the way. Argentina mm. against Mexico. The Latin American battle right here, Saturday, November 26th at Luis Iconic Stadium. Kickoff is at 2 p.m. Eastern. Argentina eliminated Mexico in 2006 and 2010. That was a controversial Carlitos Tevez goal, of course. Uh, they have a good record against El Tri at the World Cup as well. This is the Tata Martino derby, essentially, basically. <laughs> uh, so it's going to be really intriguing to see how this one goes. Argentina, by the way, if you haven't been following, they didn't lose a single game in the qualifiers. In Conmebol, of course, they still have to play that game against Brazil, but undefeated in 31. Uh, mm. Lionel Scaloni has done ridiculous things. They no longer have Messi dependencia. They no longer just rely on Messi. In fact, Lautaro Martinez is probably their biggest threat. This is going to be a fun game, man. A fun game. James Bench, Argentina against Mexico. I, I can't wait for this one. 
Well, I, I mean, it's it's really weird because it feels like it, like you kind of say it should be happening in the last sixteen because yeah. it always happens in the last sixteen. <laughs> right, right. And can we sub Nigeria in so that we can have our every four years our, our <laughs> Nigeria <laughs> group stage game that we are. Yeah. I think I thought it was a contractual part of a World Cup that those. <laughs> no, I, I think you're right, Lewis. And I'm I'm I mean, when I've been doing my power rankings, I've had Argentina in the top four every time mm. the difference between this team and the teams that have flattered to deceive it's really in that defense for me um you know emmy martinez has established himself both at the premier league and with the argentinian national team as a player Preach. that lives for the biggest moments i've Preach. got no doubt that you know if there's a penalty shootout in the in the knockout stages but even if there's a big moment in the group stages he'll deliver christian romero as well <laughs> phenomenal Mm. phenomenal centre-back yeah and that that's the point is then if you've got solid foundations and if you've got a team where the attacking game plan is slightly more than just give to Messi and hope that's a really good team and like you say you know they finally much much too late they finally found strikers to surround Messi like Lautaro someone that relishes playing with Messi it's not a Dybala it's not Higuain it's not Aguero Mm. they all it fits it fits and it it looks like a good team. As for Mexico, Mike will know better than me from what I saw from CONCACAF. It was fine. It was uh, like, I don't think they've got anything to excite me. And I think it's a great game because they've got great players, but Tata Martino has a lot of work to do in a short space of time. I think this, this will be the type of group game that tells us more about what type of Argentina team do we have? then it will tell us about Mexico. With Mexico, let's start with them, seeing a bunch of them in CONCACAF. I I don't really, I'm not too high on this Mexico team. They don't have their best players in the the camp even. Forget even going to the World Cup potentially. Tata Martino came out with a word on Javier Chicharito Hernandez, who cannot stop scoring goals in Major League Soccer and looks rejuvenated. And he said, yeah, there's, there might not be any space for him on this team. Culturally, it's a bunch of baloney. It's it's a bunch of trudy pan for me. And I just I don't get it. I don't get what's going on behind the scenes for Mexico because when you qualify for the World Cup, if you look at the body of work, creativity in the final third, this is a Mexican national team that struggled to score goals at home. Azteca was no longer a fortress. The USMNT did not come in fearing getting a result at Azteca, they came in actually playing their strongest team to get a win. That tells you that there's a shift in CONCACAF, that the fear factor of playing the Mexican national team is slowly eroding. And when you go into the World Cup, you need to bring back your strongest players. Carlos Vela, he can still bang him in. Although he's, he's not playing at the elite clubs in Europe anymore, he's still one heck of a player. If you can convince those two t- players to come back, maybe get Jonathan Dos Santos, or the, just both Dos Santos brothers, those are experienced players that can now flesh out this Mexican national team and, and give their attack some meat and some strength. Now for Argentina, yes, their back line, you talk about Christian Romero, who's having a very good season for good old Tottenham. I look at Nick, Nicolas Otamendi, He's had a quality season silently in Benfica because not a lot of the Portuguese league gets the attention it deserves. And we've seen him in Champions League against Ajax. I thought he was excellent in that tie across two legs, especially in Amsterdam. And I look in the midfield. That's where the strength of this team really lies. It's always lied. 
No Mascherano, as we saw in 2014. Enter Rodrigo DePaul and Giovanni Lo Celso. Lo Celso is having an amazing second half of the season. And and Benji, I want I want to apologize to you. You said something in a previous show months ago. Yeah, I know I don't do it often. So I know you, I see you straighten it up. You said Lo Celso could be the next Fabregas, and he's very well playing like a Cesc Fabregas for this Villarreal team. And I, I just think hope... I would have said that about a Tottenham player. But I know, I, I know. You, you, you said it. I, my job, I, literally, I was gobsmacked. I was gobsmacked, man. But what I've seen from him over the last four matches in the Champions League, this guy is becoming the star that everyone hoped he could be in Argentina. And I think if the, the play of him and Rodrigo DePaul, who was my man of the match in the Copa America finals, if, if they can continue their form in Los Celso and Rodrigo DePaul can rediscover his form, that adds an extra layer, dynamic layer to this Argentina attack. Yeah, um, a few things. Number one, in terms of the Mexico thing, I can't even agree more to this. I've been talking about Chicharito and Carlos Vela to come back to this Mexican national team for more than just one reason. First of all, Chucky Lozano is not a finisher. He's a creator. The Gatito Corona is not a finisher. He's a creator. Raul Jimenez, I love him. But unfortunately, ever since that injury, he has really become a little bit of a different striker, a little bit more apprehensive, a little bit more conservative. I hate to say that about him because I love him. And also, he's a little limited when you don't have the productivity. What Mexico needs is a dirty, I don't care how I score kind of player. I'm just going to put my body in it, and that's Javier Hernandez. That's Chicharito, so it surprises me a lot. Obviously, there's a long time between now and November. We'll have to see. By the way, Mexico's uh, has some good friendlies uh, going up, leading up to the World Cup. Guatemala, Nigeria, uh, Uruguay, Paraguay, Ecuador as well. Should be some very good fixtures as well that can help the Mexican national team. From Argentina's perspective, I just want to let everybody know, in that 31 match unbeaten run, they really only played one European team. One. Germany, and that was a while ago in a friendly. I want to see what they do against European competition as well to see if they're the real deal. But I'm with James Bench. I have them in my top four as well, just scraping on fourth. But this is going to be a fun game. And I think a lot can happen between now and, of course, November. Quick predictions on this one, James Bench. Give me a scoreline. 2-0 uh, to Argentina. Love it. Michael? Uh, I'm going to say, I know, L3 fans, you're going to just eat me alive for this 3-0 Argentina I think Mexico is in that big of trouble I'm not convinced about this Mexican national team I wasn't convinced about them in CONCACAF qualifying yes they came in second but I think it's really down to the fact that USMNT did just enough to get to to Qatar or Qatar excuse my uh, Sierra Leone accent and I just I think Argentina they're going to smell blood in the water and they're really going to go for it to make a statement yeah. By the way, the correct way to pronounce Qatar pan is Qatar. Ah, Qatar. It's like a soft G with a Qatar. That's uh, I did my homework a while ago to listen to uh, Qatari natives to say Qatar. But you know, you don't know. I don't expect everybody to say it every time. All right. Well, I'm gonna go with an Argentina win. Uh, worth mentioning, by the way, Funes Mori as well, who plays for the Mexican national team, Argentina born as well. See how he will do in this competition. Uh, Mexican fans not. Super happy with him. Uh, they're never happy with anything, so it doesn't really matter. So I'm going with an Argentina win to nothing. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, let's focus a little bit on Europe 
some European battles, as well as a redemption game for a certain African nation as well against uh, Luis Suarez. We'll talk about that. But World Cup 2022, Diego Lasso, our debut episode, James Bench, Michael LaHood, LME. We'll be right back. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Kigo Lasso World Cup 2022. We're talking about our favorite matches to watch in the group stages. Don't forget YouTube.com forward slash Kigo Lasso, where every week we'll give you some content. Right then, James Bench. I like this one. Spain against Germany, Group E, Sunday, November 27. Flick against Lucho, Luis Enrique, of course. La Furia Roja has only won two World Cup matches since 2010. That's kind of a surprising thing, but obviously they look rejuvenated under Luis Enrique. In Germany, we know that they crushed out of the group stages in Russia, but we'll see what Hansi Flick does with this German side. Let's not you know, completely disregard them as they probably will restart a new journey under the manager, of course. James Bench, how do you see this one? Sexy yeah, one. Yeah, well, I mean, in the bigger picture sort of outlook, I think you're kind of right to to note that Flick's team are at the start of a journey and it looks great so far. But, you know, congratulations, you ran nine goals past Liechtenstein. I've not seen you do anything <laughs> against a, a proper football team since you were defeated by England. Um, I think the uh, Nations League... And obviously, this is the thing while we're talking about all these. We do have, especially in Europe and you know, in CONCACAF with the uh, with the Nations League as well, we've got big, important games coming up uh, that could yet give us a bit more insight. Germany have got to play Italy and England. I think the thing with Spain is I, I, I feel like I know a lot, a lot more about them. I know what their weaknesses are, but I know what their strengths are. And this team can dominate games, really control the ball. I think, partic- you know, particularly when the knockout stages come around, they will be a team that everyone dreads 
coming up against a real, you know, a team that, that just sets the tone for the game and doesn't let the opposition uh, doesn't let the opposition back in at all once they've had the ball for for two or three minutes. Germany, I mean, the talents there. You know, I think you could see this being a tournament where the likes of Musiala, Florian Wirtz really take to the stage. But equally, I think that means we kind of have to view it for them as as a step along the road. Whereas I think Spain will be looking at this and going, we've got to aim for the semifinals. We've got to aim for the the deepest levels of this com- competition. I, I think they are really excellent across the board. I think this is a, a German national team that is entering, like you said, a, a new era. But they, they do have a quality manager who knows how to get the best out of players in Hansi Flick. And I'm surprised to see him play Thomas Mueller at right wing at different points. Will they stick with a back three as we've seen in the last couple seasons? Or will they go to a back four? I think we'll see return of the back four. But I'd like to see Thomas Mueller play centrally. The thing that this German team does not have is a center forward who can score consistent goals. Miroslav Klose, what made Germany so hard to play against, they had so many midfielders that could move around and have the freedom, and we think of German efficiency. So one of the most efficient goal scorers, the best World Cup goal scorer of all time after the Brazil World Cup. He's not here. Timo Werner, he poses a different threat. He's more of a runner into the flank. And I bring that up because you talk about the weaknesses of a Spanish national team, the counter. For as great as Spain is in possession, they will be vulnerable to the counterattack. Timo Werner, Kai Havertz, their teammates for one Chelsea, who got dumped out yesterday, as we saw, against Real Madrid. But they are starting to find form. Timo Werner is starting to find his old friend called the back of the net, which he didn't last year. And he could be the X factor for this German national team if he can discover form towards the end of the season for Chelsea and if he can bring that into the fall and then obviously into the winter for the World Cup. For the Spanish national team, uh, Benji, you're shaking your head. I know. uh, What are you going to say? It's Timo Werner. I hate to be the one to, I, I you know, like, especially those of us that, that like our stats, that like our XG, Timo Werner's underlying numbers are, are fantastic. But he he is ranks very highly on what I will call the Alvaro Morata index of <laughs> players that you would bet your life on missing a really presentable opportunity. But think could be the... about Morata, by the way. Yeah. He's been very exactly. well. For the uh, yeah, team, I was so. hey, you, you, those are you watch your swear words. Don't 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 this on my man Marata. All right. Before we move on, and as for the predictions, by the way, uh, one thing that Lahoud mentioned, which is obviously, you know, the counter will be a dangerous thing for Spain, but Germany is going to have to get the ball off Spain. They're averaging (laughs) about eighty to eighty-seven percent possession in every single game, and I'm looking at this squad. Hmm. My God, players like Pau Torres, Pedri, Gavi, Ferran Torres, Coque, Soler, Dani Olmo. I mean, they have so much talent. It's going to be very intriguing to see how all of that comes together because they did fail in Russia. Quick score predictions. James Bench, Spain, Germany. Look, not every big game can be Man City, Liverpool in the Premier League. <laughs> this is going to be a nil-nil. Yeah, you are, man. I was trying to hype it up to bring it back down. Just pump the gas out of the machine. I'm going 1-1. I think these are, these are two teams that, in their own ways, will have a chance or two. Spain will dominate death by 2 million passes. In 2010, it was 1 million. This is a Spanish team that will go for 2 million. But at the end of the day, it's what you do in both boxes. And I see 1-1. 
Yeah, I'm going with what Ben said uh, uh, at the beginning of this. I haven't seen Germany do something great against a big team yet. So I think that's going to push me to say that it'll be a sneaky 1-0 to Spain. Mm. Then we'll see what happens there. All right. Here's the last one of our favorite matches to watch. Oh, my goodness. This is like Redemptionville, baby. <laughs> Ghana against Uruguay, Friday, December 2nd, Al Janoub Stadium uh, in Al Wakra. Kickoff 10 a.m. Eastern, of course. We all remember the reason is Redemptionville right here, 2010. The Luis Suarez handball, of course, and Asamoah Gyan penalty miss as well. Scenes all over. It was just ridiculous. Everyone hates Uruguay in Group G. Because uh, Uruguay eliminated Portugal in 2018 and South Korea also in 2010. So this is like, we hate you, Uruguay, Group G. Michael, talk to me. Ghana, mm. Ghana, by the way, so much talent. But like you just about got here, Ghana. What do you make of them? I think what I like about this Ghanaian national team is that just when you doubt them, remember we doubted them going up against Egypt a few World Cup qualification cycles in the past. They got the business done. Whoever the witch doctor is that was in that Nigeria tie needs to get on the plane. He's going to be the most important member of the team because they're going to need him in this group. And now going up against this Uruguay team, there is going to be blood in the water. Ghanaians and Africans, we don't forget. And the way that 2010 World Cup match ended and the way Ghana got knocked out, I remember where I was for that match, and I couldn't believe when Suarez handballed it. Luis Suarez, love him, hate him, combination of both. The thing about him is the man delivers when his country needs him most. He, he delivers. You know what? If Sierra Leone, I would have done the same thing. If anything, I would have actually made a one-handed catch in the, in the <laughs> net. <laughs> <laughs> you know, touchdown. But realistically, in all seriousness, Ghana, what I like about this team is – Nothing about the current group of players, actually. It's the potential to get players with dual national citizenship in the camp. And Yaki Williams, if they can get him locked in, and the Williams brothers, this is a whole different Ghanaian national team. So look for Ghana to be busy in that department, trying to convince other players from around the world to say, hey, if you want to play in the World Cup, this is your chance. For Friends Uruguay, show the Williams brothers, by the yeah, way. For, Urugu for Uruguay, this is kind of a last chance saloon for this generation of a Cavani for Luis Suarez. They're getting up older. They're getting older Godin. And, yep. and Godin. Can, can these guys who were the younger players in 2010 get one one more chance at glory? And, you know, these are the type of games that are, are the difference makers and the, the decision makers for the group. I mean, just picking up on what Mike was saying about, about the dual nationals, that's something we're really hearing a lot about in England as well at the moment. So not just the Williams brothers, but imagine them with a supply line, including Callum Hudson-Odoi, who's a player that they're going really hard for. already. I mean, actually already in England international, but only a couple of caps a few mm. years ago. Eddie Nketiah as well to come off the mm. bench. It's it's very straight. It's a, it's a baffling like i don't i have i have no judgment for any player or any you know any nation that that does this but it's quite strange it's almost like a pre-world cup transfer window but by all means you know if if they want to you know if they want to ask the question they absolutely should uh, as for uruguay i think what's really interesting is i wonder is luis suarez going to be the player you want to start uh come november december of this year with darwin nunez playing as well as he is you know with so and there's so much young talent I agree that this feels like the end of the road for for this particular generation. Maybe unlike a Belgium, though, 
I th- I feel like this Uruguay team playing with their heads held high a lot more. I don't think anyone expects mm. that has ever expected them to win the World Cup. I don't think there's ever quite been that talk around them, and they've been fantastic in every tournament. I think that they might straddle the the, the gap a bit more effectively. Right now, we're looking at Rodrigo Bentancur as one of the better midfielders in the Premier League. Jose Maria Jimenez, outstanding centre-back if he'll be fit by that time. Um, and of course, Nunez up, up top, he will be another one that's playing for a, a big team. Mm. I just hope, what I really hope is that if Ghana, uh, if Uruguay are 2-0 up, let's get Luis Suarez on the pitch. Let's get him to kick the ball in his own net. You know, he, he's got some <laughs> making up to do. I think this is time to make up to Ghana. Yeah, this is um, a Uruguayan side, by the way. The, the, the answer, Benj, is no, they're not relying on Luis Suarez anymore. Mm. Or even Edinson Cavani, mm. Brian yeah. Rodriguez, Alvarez from Peñarol. Uh, you mentioned Betancourt, Fede Valverde, yeah. you know what he can do, of course. Oh, yeah. And by the way, it all comes up to the fact that now this is a brand new page for Uruguay because Oscar El Maestro Tavares is no longer there. And now it's about Diego Alonso. And he really has developed a much stronger, resilient and modern Uruguay, mm-hmm. which is something we didn't notice. All right, quick uh, predictions on this one then. Here we go, Michael LaHood, Ghana, Uruguay. What do you have? Ah, oh, man, I'm, this and we talked about we're going to change our predictions. Oh, yeah, we're going to change but, it a lot. But Don't until worry. I see who goes in this Ghanaian national team camp, the current group, I see them losing 1-0 to this Uruguay team. Nice and tight there. James Bench? Yeah, I'm with Mike. I mean, Ghana, start by winning some games before we can predict you winning uh, some World mm-hmm. Cup games. So, yeah, I'm going to go 2-0 Uruguay. Yep, I'm going to go with a 2-0 as well to Uruguay, but a lot can change, and so can our predictions, of course. All right, well, now that we've done our favorites, we're going to do the honorable mentions, and I'll just ask the guys to give me some notes on anywhere they want to go. Some of them include, well, the winner of Scotland, Wales, or Ukraine against England, Tuesday, November 29th, by the way, at Ahmed bin Ali Stadium, kickoff 2 p.m. Eastern. There's Iran against USA as well. We all re- I know Americans remember when Iran did the business on them. Of course, Portugal against Uruguay. 2018 is still a memory there. Revenge mission for Cristiano Ronaldo and co. Of course, after the last 16 elimination, plenty of games. Of course, if my Peru get in there, of course, Peru <laughs> against France is an opener in that group. And my God, am I nervous if that happens? So there's a lot. <laughs> Some honorable mentions there. James Bench, which one do you want to pick out? Actually, none of them. Okay, <laughs> I love it. Give me a new one. We have a fantastic, really intriguing opening game of the tournament uh, in Senegal against the Netherlands. Senegal mm. that are, are becoming a force and a clutch team that deliver in penalty shootouts with the help of a few lasers um, <laughs> against Egypt. And obviously, as we know, full of so many talented players from Sadio Mane at the back, Edouard Mendy, uh, sorry, at the up front, Edouard Mendy, Kaladu Koulibaly, the sort of players you'd want to build your defence on. I am really confident about this Senegal team. With the Netherlands, you know, first of all, best wishes to Louis van Gaal. It sounds like uh, his cancer treatment has has been a success. So hopefully we'll see him on the bench in in Qatar um, for what would be, I would suppose, his last World Cup. We know that Ronald Koeman's taking over after. They feel a long way from the finished article and there will be pressure because they're a Dutch team at the World Cup. Expectations are always high. I think this is going to be one of those games. It's going to put me in mind of uh, what was it? Was it twenty years before? God, it will have been twenty years. And when Senegal played France, and I, I really fancy them to to do something not just in this game, but in the World Cup as a whole. I think we're looking at first African quarter finalists, maybe better. Yeah, Michael. 
Uh, I'm going to stick with Group A, and I love the other honorable mentions, and I got to give so much love to my African teams. I love the shout for Senegal, but I'm going to go up the ladder a bit. Senegal, Ecuador. This is going to <laughs> be – you, you are going to see some of the most amazing athletes at this FIFA World Cup who can also ball. Estupinian, he is my favorite left back in the world. This guy is, he's almost like a, a attacking midfielder playing at left back. Just what Unai Emery has been able to get for, out, out of him for Villarreal and what he's been doing for the Ecuadorian national team is special. I would love to see Mane and him go toe-to-toe on that. If Mane switched to the right-hand side and then Estupinian versus Mane. And typically for Senegal, Mane floats between left wing and center forward. But I think that that battle depending on what Netherlands do, but that battle could very well be the battle for second place in the group. By the way, uh, Cameroon, James Bench, if you remember 1990, oh. they reached the quarterfinals. Mm. So Did Senegal. Win, they? Yep, that's right. I remember that game so vividly. Um, and obviously. I do not. I'm a lot younger <laughs> than you, Lewis. <laughs> Senegal, um, Senegal could make it even further than that. They're that yeah. good. Mm-hmm. Well done, Michael Lahuda. Mentioning Ecuador, by the way, I've been talking about them forever. Forever. Mm. They're mm-hmm. soccer's NBA's Memphis Grizzlies. They don't care about you. <laughs> They're one of the youngest squads coming into this. Yes, they could mess up because they do that sometimes, and they, they're so eager that they sometimes forget about the tactical side of things. But when they're on, they are on. Estupiñan, Gonzalo Plata, Moises Caicedo, Alfaro has going all the best out of it. They're amazing. An amazing squad. It's going to be really intriguing to see how they well, that's the first episode wrapped up of a World Cup series. Giggle, lasso, final thoughts, James Bench. Oh, it's just fantastic. There's no bad groups this year. There's no bad mm. teams. Absolutely. That's it, really. Michael LaHood? Uh, I, you know, Bench, I got to give a shout out to your shirt one more time. But I cannot wait, not just for the next shirt that you, you, you bring on the show, but I cannot wait for Black Friday. You couldn't script this any better. This is going to be the changing of the guard, I believe, for U.S. soccer. And you're you're taking it back. There's so much history already between these two. And we're going to add the third installment of the battle between England. We already got the Revolutionary War. I think we tell ourselves we won the War of 1812. And now this match is going to be in the history books. Yeah, England's going to win this. Don't worry about it. All right. Okay. Thank you, everybody. (laughs) This was our World Cup series. We have plenty more content to come, by the way, as we dissect each group as well. And as I mentioned, plenty more, including focusing on players, our favorite matchups, and simulating the entire tournament. But that's Michael LaHood at Mike LaHood at James Bench. Make sure to follow their content all over social and CBS Sports, of course. Plenty more from us. Have a great day great rest of your week and we will see you next time que World Cup 2022 will continue until the competition begins end of November till then have a great great rest of your day the wait is over the Shy returns with new episodes on Paramount Plus. What brings you to the Shy? Opportunity. Everybody get down! Walk right up to the side. A new rain is coming to the South Side. Never should have sent a boy to do a woman's job. 
The Shy. New episodes now streaming. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash The Shy to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with the Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. The subscription auto renews. Restrictions apply.